Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Good morning, fantasy players, and welcome to FST Fantasy Sports Today. Here on a Monday, you got the spitting statistician. You got the King Scott Angle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to take the next hour and really look back at what happened in what I call the best weekend in football. Do a couple of autopsies of some of the losing teams. I want to remind everybody here that on Monday, we look at this as a two-hour block. So don't forget, if you're listening to Fantasy Sports today, to also check out Roto Experts in the Morning, a finalist for the FSTA Best Radio Show in the Industry. We had some insight and analysis there on some of the games as well. Scotty, how you feeling here on a Monday after the best weekend in football? Feeling pretty good. Looking forward to my favorite games of the year, the conference championship games. Uh, often highly competitive with, with the real best four teams in football in there. Sometimes the best two teams in football play. Uh, you know, we, we could be looking at people remembering the Rams and the Saints as the real Super Bowl. You never know. Or, like, both of these are, re- are, are, are replays of, you know, big-time games. That Rams-Saints game was a huge game. But don't forget, that Pats-Chiefs game, I think, was, what, like 44-40? to 40? Something like that on a Sunday night. So both of these games are rematches of, you know, incredibly entertaining games. You know, we're going to dive on into that. Real quick, though, Scotty, you know, this is also the time of year where there's some coaching news. We heard Stratford at the top of the hour. Looks like Cleveland is re- uh, rounding out. Out their staff. Remember, they bet on themselves with Freddie Kitchens to be, you know, kind of the head coach and really continue the Baker development so they feel dangerous. It looks like they're hiring Todd Monken as an OC and potentially former Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator. Yeah, Wilkes, I like, uh, you know, guy who's one of those guys who just uh, really better as a coordinator than a head coach. He really hit over his head, I think, in Arizona. And you know, Mockett got a lot of praise for what he did in Tampa Bay, but at the same time, uh, you know, he wasn't able to cut down on the mistakes with Jameis Winston. But you know, Winston's going to be working. A, uh, Mayfield's going to work. Be working a lot with the head coach. You know, maybe he'll have his hands uh, more in other areas. But usually, when a when a when a head coach is an offensive mind, uh, you know, the coordinator comes in and really helps him with a lot of things organizational wise. You know, I think you're going to see a lot come out of Kitchen still. Yep, absolutely. And remember, Baker certainly really feels good with Freddie Kitchens there. He really had a great second half of the season. Scotty, we got a poll question up for everybody as well. We're kind of asking who's most likely to win the Super Bowl, who looked most impressive over last weekend. Right now, 41% say the Saints, which I kind of find interesting because, you know, they had the uh, lowest margin of victory. In this, in this week, right? You know, they, they only won that game by six points. It was a one-score game. They didn't look as great in the first quarter. Yet it looks like at least our Twitter following has the most faith in the Saints. 41% say the Saints. But it also looks like Vegas has the most faith in them. Right now, the Saints are the Super Bowl favorites at plus 170, followed by the Chiefs at plus 240, then the Rams and the Pats at plus 350. No more long shots anymore with four teams left. Do you you agree, Scott, with Vegas and our poll that it is, in fact, the New York Saints sitting pretty right now as the favorite to win Super Bowl 53? I'll take the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, they have the best combination, I think, of offense and defense and offensive balance. 
Okay. So you like the Saints over on the NFC. Of course, we'll make like official picks and predictions and stuff like that much later on in the week. Right now, let's turn our attention to those favorite Saints. They got a W, 20 to 14 in their dome. I got to tell you something, Scott. Have you ever had this happen to you? On Sunday, though, yesterday, I'm watching the game. You know, I'm watching the game with two of like, you know, two of my best friends in the world, okay? And they are both big-time Saints fans. They both went to Tulane down there in New Orleans, lived there a little bit after that, are legit Saints fans, have been since before, you know, they won a Super Bowl, since before Hurricane Katrina. Like I said, they went to school down there. How do you feel? What do you do, Scott, if you're, like, watching a game with, like, big-time fans of a team and then they go down 14 nothing? You know, like, they were really on edge. They were really worried. You know, Philly goes up with a big throw to Jordan Matthews. You know, then they make another big kind of play. Drew Brees throws a pick. And right away, all of a sudden, it's 14 nothing. My friends are, like, you know, very much on edge. And I'm like, uh-oh, this can go sideways real quick and could be a problem making the next three hours of my life very, very uncomfortable. Have you ever been in that situation where you're, like, watching with a huge fan of a team and you see them, you know, start to go down or losing and you're almost worried about, like, if that person's going to start throwing things in your apartment or punching holes in walls, stuff like that? How, have you ever been in that situation and how do you handle it? Do you, like try to offer them positive encouragement being like it's okay it's still early or you just shut the hell up uh usually especially in the case of what we saw yesterday i would remind them that there's lots of football left it's kind of like a fantasy football way of looking at it when people complain about things in the first quarter i knew when they were up 14 nothing that the game was far from over it was just the first quarter you know i i remember being at you know watching when I was living in Florida, two of my best friends were Patriot fans. And, right. uh, you know, I still talk to them this day. I remember the, the Super Bowl uh, against the Seahawks. We were down by 10, 24 to 14, Seattle. And they say, they say to me, it's over. It's over. And I say, I hope I'm wrong, but there's still a lot of time left. It's not over. And I remember when Seattle played Green Bay. Uh, I think this was back in like 2007 or something, I want to say. I can't remember the exact year. They went up 14 nothing at Lambeau. And, uh, you know, I just remained even-keeled about it because you can't – Was that the Hasselbeck, we're going to get the ball and we're going to score game? That no, playoff no, game? That, no, it wasn't that one. They uh, mm. they, lo- they lost decisively at Green Bay like a year or two after that. Okay. Uh, I remember they went up 14 nothing. I'm like, wow, this is great. But uh, I'm not fully comfortable with it. I, I don't think you can take anything for granted in the first quarter. And you looked at social media yesterday when the Eagles went up 14 nothing. People were saying, uh-oh, you know, I'm seeing false magic again. Oh, no, another Eagles-Patriots right. Super Bowl. It's, you can't react in the moment. You can't. Just too much football left. All right. Well, in my opinion, one of the two main contenders for MVP of the league this year was in this game and then righted the ship. I'm talking about Drew Brees. I really think this MVP comes down to Brees or Mahomes. I know we've talked about it before, but Drew Brees continues to, you know, be steady and right the ship there for the Saints. He goes 28 of 38, 301 yards, two touchdowns, the one interception on literally his first throw of the game. By the way, Scotty. I got to tell you something. There was a concerted effort to get the ball to my to my guy, Ted Ginn Jr. I was talking about Ted Ginn Jr. all last week. Remember, as a bargain basement kind of play on DFS, he did only go for three catches for 44 yards, but he was clearly the number two wide receiver getting seven targets. You know, obviously the most outside of Michael Thomas. Let me ask you something. Because, you know, we talk about this as like an inputs game versus an outputs game, right? You do the analysis and then you let the chips fall where they may. Would you say that my call on Ted Ginn Jr. last week was good or not? He went three for 44. He did have seven targets. You saw them trying to get him involved very early. That first pass that Breeze got picked was like, you know, their game plan was to go to Ginn deep early. What do you think about Ted Ginn and his role in this offense? I I was with you. As well, yeah, uh, with with Ted Ginn Jr., but uh, I I feel like you know with Traquan Smith probably starting to come on next year, uh, his role is going to be murky for the rest of the playoffs. Though you, you know this is this is their deep threat. You know, and right. he could all, he could all, he could also catch a few possession balls here and there. He's a veteran receiver, so 
you know, he's got some cachet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about Traquan Smith. Uh, Traquan had one target to Ted Ginn's seven, but it all paled in comparison to Michael Thomas, Scotty. 12 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. I'm very glad that I had not only Ted Ginn, but Michael Thomas as well in my DFS lineup. This is Michael Thomas coming off 125-catch season, which led the NFL. Scotty, is he the first wide receiver off the board next year? Like, is he a top three wide receiver? I would to be quite honest, my top three wide receivers off the board um, next year are Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams in no particular order because I see the gap in how many targets they get versus the number two on their same team as opposed to some of these other truly elite guys. We saw with Antonio Brown how he has Juju. We saw how Julio Jones has other people. We saw how Odell has Saquon Barkley. But to me, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams are like the more clear-cut target monsters for their teams, and to me, the top wide receivers in fantasy football. Talk to me about uh, Michael Thomas and his huge game yesterday. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't even his best game of the year. He had a, he had a bigger game during the Rams <laughs> versus the Rams during the regular season. Even more to my point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would play. I would put Hopkins first. After that, you look. It depends on what quarterback he lands with, but I think Antonio Brown might be the safest pick in all of fantasy football. Uh, he wasn't he this up, year. He, <laughs> yes, he was. You think so? Where do you, well, let me bring up the leaders. I don't know where he finished. He, he was, but he was he was the one he was the one guy every year. If you draft him in the top five, he automatically returns the value for you. He he's he said, up until look for his entire Steelers tenure. I would say that you know that that guy uh, Antonio Brown is the safest pick in fantasy football. You draft him anywhere in the top five, he finishes it. He was he was the fifth-ranked wide receiver this year. He had 323 points, which was only yep. 11 behind Tyree, Tyreek Hill at sure. number one. So I, I don't think you can count Antonio Brown out. It depends on where he lands. But yeah. let's just say for, for argument's sake, and this is not going to happen, he stays in Pittsburgh with a quarterback similar than that. I'm still ranking Antonio Brown number one or two. Because I know how safe he is now. With the with Devontae Adams, even with Juju Adams, emerging, even with Juju emerging, he was still he was still elite Juju there. Okay, so Juju didn't hurt him at all. Uh, you know, the, he still finished top five in his position. Yeah, he was wide receiver five. Let's make sure we're seeing the same things. It went Tyreek Hill, D Hop, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and yeah. then Antonio Brown. Right there in the was same neighborhood. Ten, yeah, there was, o- like there was only like Thomas and Go ahead. There was only an eleven point difference between him and number one. Yeah, sure. that was it. Uh, sure. So we're splitting hairs here. We're obviously we're, splitting we're, hairs here. We're right? splitting hairs. We're talking hairs. about the less than a thing, point a game. Yeah, but you also have to remember Antonio Brown didn't play in week 17 either. So he sure. couldn't finish number one. Sure, uh, neither did Devontae Devon, Devon Adams only had 15 games also, though. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, there's others well, that didn't play the full 16. Yeah, Devontae Devon, Devon, Devon Adams also missed miss, um, – Missed week 17 as well. But Antonio Brown easily could have finished number one. Was what I'm saying. We're splitting hairs. But to right. move on, it's, it's uh, Devontae Adams. Green Bay is going to bring it on the receivers there to compliment him next year. How much is he going to hog of that chair next year? But also the offense is going to be different under a new coordinator. So yeah. I, I, I love Devontae Adams, but I would probably go I, – I would, I, would pro- I would probably go uh, right now Hopkins – uh, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, Devante, uh, Tyree Kill, and then Devontae Adams. Okay, fair enough. And, and here's the thing, like, I'm cool with all of them. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? right? Yeah. So we're talking about, at this level, Scott, we're talking about probably a difference of less than a point a game, you know, on average, when you say there was like 11 points in between one and five, you know, we're talking about over the, you know, playing, say, 16 or... 13 games in your fantasy regular season, let's say, right? So that's still less than a point a game. You're splitting hairs. All of these guys would be amazing. And let me tell you something. If you are, before we, you know, go back to 2018, if you're in 2019 and you're hitting, and you're like the 11 or 12 pick, and there's any way you can get two of these guys on the turn, I highly recommend it. You'll get your running backs at some point. But if you're 11 or 12, right, Scott? If you could wind up with D-Hop, and A.B. or Hill and Adams or Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins potentially on the turn. Like, 
I, I, I kind of recommend going that way because you've talked about how after like the seven or eight truly top guys, that next tier is kind of, you know, you can pick out of all of them, right? Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, you know, when we're talking about those top wide receivers, you're not going to be able to forget about Tyree Kill. If anybody takes sure. the number one, you know, I, w- I wouldn't sneeze at it. No, absolutely. But I'm saying, you know, like if you are pick 11, you know, and what that means is you really have the 11 and the 14 overall pick, right? right? And if you wind up with, you know, I don't know, two of these five guys, you know, if you can get Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins and then wait, wait, and get your, wide, get your running backs the next time around, if you're in the top seven, I would recommend, you know, grabbing one of these stud running backs. You know their names, the Saquons, the Zeeks, whatever they are. I'm, I'm, I'm recommending taking whichever one is there that you like. Even Christian McCaffrey, who we've talked about, Scott, right? But if you're in the kind of 9 through 12, it could be the prudent choice to go ahead and get two of these stud wide receivers and then use your third and fourth round picks with, you know, running backs who might still be there in that in that back-end RB1, high-end RB2 tier. But I digress. You know, I'm just I'm talking about stuff that's, you know, yeah, going to be important it's, eight months from now. It's, it's, re- it's really hard. You're talking not only eight months from now, but... It- like we say during the summer, every draft is different. Mm-hmm. You could have a shell of a plan, but the flow of every right. draft is going to be different. When we did our we we, we did our mock uh, re- last week, yep. when you took Le'Veon Bell at number two, I think it threw a lot of people off right there. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But remember, as I said, someone I told someone on Twitter also, we do that mock so that people have stuff to talk about, right? Uh, yep. So we have different things to talk about. And you know, hey, trust me, I have a case for Lev Bell. But we'll make that. I'll make that case over the course of the yeah, next the, seven or eight months. The point, the point months. being <laughs> is, is that you know you got to adjust on the run. You never know what's yeah. going to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, we've talked about how we may be targeting some of the top tight ends as well. But that's for next year. Let's talk about this year. In this game, Scotty, again, the running game works. Kamara with 71 yards, Ingram with 53. They do that on a combined 25 carries. Yet another example, Scott, of one of these high-flying offenses. As soon as the calendar turns to January, you know, they, are, they need the balance as well. Kamara and Ingram representing that for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, uh, in the last five games that he's played, including the playoffs, Drew Brees has not thrown for more than two touchdowns in a game, and this was the first where he threw for more than one. So they were lying a lot of the running backs. Kamara could have done a touchdown, but it was called back by a yeah. penalty. Uh, Mark Ingram had a big 36-yard run to pretty much ice this game. To seal it, yep. But uh, Mark Ingram is going to be a very sought-after free agent. I can't personally see it. I could be wrong if they win the Super Bowl. Maybe he wants to stay. Uh, but he's always been secondary guy to Sean Payton yeah. throughout the time he's been there. Mark Ingram can really, especially if they win the Super Bowl, he can really cash in as maybe the top free agent running back out there outside of Le'Veon Bell. I, I could see Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and the Jets all being great landing spots for him. That's interesting. You think Philly's still in the market when they do have Jay Ajayi on their roster that they've he's committed a free to finance? Oh, Ajayi's a free, free agent. agent as well? Yeah, yeah. Correct me. Um, thank you for the correction there, Scotty. I agree. I think I think uh, the top three free agent running backs will be obviously the aforementioned Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, and then I would think Tevin Coleman will get a shot to be a starting running back somewhere in the NFL. As Maybe not. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side of the break. We broke down the game. We'll talk a little bit more about the Philly side now that the magic is over for the defending Super Bowl champs on the other side of the break. Fantasy Sports today. It's got a day. Weekend Fantasy Update. If Foles wins another game, man, that team is going to have a hard time going back to Carson Wentz and letting Foles go in the offseason. Fan base will go nuts. I understand that Carson Wentz is supposed to be your guys, the young gun of the future, but man, two major injuries in two years, flat, missing a lot of games, and even when he was in there, he wasn't playing very well. That fan base is just going to erupt if they win one more game with under Nick Foles, and then the team lets him go in the offseason. Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. They need your help to survive. Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve. Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help.
Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. FST, Dane and Scott on air. We got a little walk this way going on. The question is, Scotty, will Nick Foles be walking away from Philadelphia? And I think that's the interesting question. You heard Jim Day over the break on one of those commercials talking about, listen, that Foles magic. That Foles magic came to an end in the Dome yesterday. Nick Foles going 18 of 31, 201 yards, one touchdown. Two interceptions for Nick Foles, a QBR below 40 as the defending Super Bowl champs. They end their defense. There will be a new Super Bowl champion this year. I want to go right there, Scotty. I think that is, you know, we're going to do these formal autopsies a little bit later on, but this has got to be one of the big storylines of the offseason because there are literally Eagles fans who think the Eagles are better with Foles than Wentz. You know, their first draft pick, Wentz, remember, who was playing at an MVP level before tearing his ACL last year. Then he gets banged up again this year. Foles kind of leads that, gets hot again, leads the charge at least as far as they get to the final eight. You know what? They can't financially carry both of them. Nick Foles will have a market and opportunity, right? There could be places like, oh, I don't know, Jacksonville, New York, Miami, Washington. Who knows where else that could be intrigued by a guy like Nick Foles and throw him money that is commensurate with that. What does Philly do at the quarterback situation? I think, you know, they've kind of made it clear publicly that, uh, you know, they Wentz need to guy. stick with Carson Wentz and that Falls is going to hit free agency. Uh, I can't blame a lot of Eagles fans for feeling, though, you know, why get rid of our guy that won us a ring and has a 4-1 and one Super Bowl record against a guy uh, who who really, you know, had, was cruising towards an MVP-type year before he got hurt, but uh, didn't look quite as good this year and still has something to prove. You're talking yeah. about getting rid of a Super Bowl MVP and a recent Super Bowl MVP. Uh, is there is there a chance that the Eagles make a play to keep Foles? And uh, I don't I don't think that's out of, out of the question either. You know, we also we always we had some fun being uh, me, me and Jim Day talking about what if they got rid of Wentz, Wentz instead of Foles? What could they get in return? He said, "Well, Wentz could turn down to the next Sam Bradford." I said, "Well, Sam Bradford never put up the kind of numbers that Carson Wentz did." Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. And the other thing that I think is really interesting in this situation is, you know, the Philly fan base is not like a docile group, right? So here's the other thing that I think is a risk. Let's say they go ahead, you know, and full signs somewhere, full signs, oh, I don't, you know, who cares, right? Full signs in Jacksonville or, or, or full signs, you know, in Washington, let's say. Um, and then all of a sudden Carson Wentz comes back and underperforms in the first eight games of next year. Or Carson Wentz is back, and what do you know? He gets another kind of injury. Maybe, you know, maybe Carson Wentz is injury prone. Or maybe he starts just underperforming. Maybe he was just playing way over his head in 2019 for the first, uh, 2017 for the first 10 games of the season. This Eagles fan base is going to jump all over Carson Wentz, like kind of eviscerating his career potential there if he gets off to a bad start next year and their Phillies' favorite son, Nick Foles, is like, you know, in a Washington uniform coming in and beating them or in a Miami uniform and coming in and beating them because the AFC East and the NFC East do play each other next year. I mean, I, I really think that this puts Carson Wentz and his kind of uh, 
perception and persona as a franchise quarterback with a rabid Philadelphia Northeastern fan base really at risk. Like, it's very hard for Carson Wentz to kind of, uh, at this moment in time, prove that it was the right call for e- for the Philly Eagles to, like, let go of Foles. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be hard for Wentz to please these Philly fans. I, I think the front office has to sit back and take a good look at this. Their position in the past is we like having both quarterbacks because we know, we know the starting quarterback field is very watered down in the NFL. You know, what does that say about the backup quarterback field? It's, you know, you look at backup quarterbacks around – or you know, the short Kaiser coming in for Aaron oh, Rodgers. It's, it's disgusting. So anytime you could go to Nick Foles, I mean, they have a situation right here where they feel Wentz is their man for for the future. But should he go down as he did twice in two years? Right. They could they could they could instantly turn to Nick Foles. Uh, you know, to their credit, Doug Peterson and his staff have designed a terrific game plan for Foles, uh, where he. You know, they they tailor the offense to his strengths, and he's done fantastic with it. Uh, I don't think there's any way that they can can win with the fans here by getting rid of Nick Foles. Yeah. So let me ask you this. And if I forced you, Scott, for the next word out of your mouth to either be just the word yes or just the word no, and I asked you, is Carson Wentz the guy for Philly? Yes. Okay, there you have it. I agree with you, Scott. I agree with you. I just think that Foles and the fact that he's gone on these runs just ridiculously complicate let, 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 the let, let, let me let Go me ahead, expand on more than just yes. Go ahead. Yeah, they're just yes. <laughs> I, I say yes, not that I believe it's the right move, right? but it's the move that the Eagles will make. Yeah, no, I, I understand. You, I was asking you, like, what will ultimately happen? And you're, I agree. And I think, quite frankly, because there will be a market for Nick Foles, that it makes it financially unsustainable for them to have them both. And it's just going to be a very interesting decision point for Eagles brass. Scotty, I also got to let people know that if they like wagering on sports or never have and would like to try, you can head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, player props. You can utilize your DFS skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI as well, where you can wager anytime during a contest, capitalizing on in-game runs. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over, open your account to BetDSI, use the promo code FNTSY101, and you'll get a 100% bonus deposit match. Um, As we now look a little bit, Scott, we talked about all four games and the winners – and big shout out, you know, like the four kind of best teams all season did in fact get through. We got the one and the two seeds in each conference. So Sunday is going to be absolutely amazing. But as we look back on kind of these autopsies, is that the thing for the Eagles right now? Is that what they need to do? Is their number one priority in the offseason to just address this quarterback situation once and for all so that the entire organization, the fan base, the roster, everybody kind of knows who the leader of of this franchise is because listen their water their you know their their wide receivers are solid their tight end we know is an all pro their o line is good although it is aging a little bit uh, you know their defense is ho hum would you say that it's establishing you know the leader in the quarterback room or something different scott like maybe getting some help on the back end of that secondary they have a few needs i think they did, can address and they have okay. they have great coach great coaching which is a strength uh you know they have to they have to establish who the quarterback is first and foremost. If you go back in NFL history, at some point the Cowboys had to make a decision between Steve Walsh and Troy Aikman. Right. That the the Forty ers had to move on from Joe Montana. Yeah. At some point, and it was not popular, but Steve Young won them a Super Bowl just like Montana did. So t- sometimes you you just have to make a choice, and I think they're going to move on with Wentz. They have, they, they must get a running game. They, I believe they were 28th in the NFL in rushing this year. They, this is a team that should really go hard after Mark Ingram, I think. Uh, Le'Veon Bell would be a great fit in Philadelphia, too. And Jay Ajayi uh, is a free agent. He's going to be in the open market? Yes. Okay. yes. He's a free agent. 
Do you think any of these guys who they have in their midst, I mean, not the 30-some-odd-year Darren Sproles necessarily, but do you think Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, other guys that we have been to, Corey Clement, who is on this roster as well and probably will be, but his bank, you know, was on IR. Do you think those guys have a role, or do you think they are need to look for a next kind of tier up, an established name back that we all know, that we all know can carry the load? With those three guys who are 28th in the, in the NFL in rushing, so the answer is obvious. They have to find somebody else, and I think it's somebody like a Mark Ingram who can really probably carry a lot of the load by himself and be right. complimented by, Darryl, by Darren Sproles. And well, also, if Sproles uh, comes you, back. <laughs> he's like uh, 37 or 38. He said he, he, he wants to come back, but Mark Ingram yeah. is showing he can catch passes out of the backfield, so they could just go with Ingram if they want to. Right. And, I think they'll uh, have a guy like Clement still under contract, though, and he could be he could be the you know yeah. the other half of that too, right? Yeah, but really, like the main guy will just be Ingram, and you'll have your other change of paces like Smallwood, et cetera. Right? Uh, you know, rush for thirty yards yesterday. The guy's not the answer, obviously. Uh, Josh I mean, Adams had his chance; he flamed out. Corey Clement proved he's nothing more than a you know than a spot guy and a special teamer. You know, that's done as well. And uh, obviously, they're, they're going to need help on the back end as well, in the defense. You know, That's uh, secondary, of right? Of course. Uh, they're very fearsome up front, but uh, you know, they, they're certainly not fearsome on the back end. Yeah. So this idea, you know, the quarterback situation is something they don't have to do much except, like, make a decision kind of thing, right? So it sounds like in terms of – the the assets or the and it sounds like you think they could play in the free agent pond when it comes to the running back room right maybe targeting a guy like a Lev Bell like a Mark Ingram like some of the other top name guys that may be available and it sounds then uh, correct me if I'm wrong Scott but they need to spend like all their draft picks on corners and safeties or something like that or address that you know as well in free agency but it seems like the running back and the secondary are the two places that they really need to uh throw some money or draft capital at yeah i don't think they need to replace all four guys back there but getting sure. one or two two good ones uh would sir i said I think Le'Veon Bell could be a huge difference maker in a team like this, and it's a perfect fit for him. He wants to go to a team that can win, and he could just be such a great, great fit and really improve that offense. Yeah, let me ask you something, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't know his contract situation and stuff like that, but there was also buzz around the trading deadline and other times that another running back would have loved to go to Philly, and for him it would have been a way back to Philly. You heard a lot of talk about LaShawn McCoy. As well, do we know his status, LaShawn McCoy? Is he going to be someone who might be on the move? Because he, I remember, he said he would love to go back to Philadelphia as well. He could be a kind of back, although I know he's on the other side of thirty now. But he could be a kind of back that, if available, uh, could be a fit potentially. Do we think McCoy might be on the move? Uh, last report I saw is that he's probably going to stay in Buffalo. And I, okay, I don't think I'd want him as much as Bell or Ingram. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to get options because here's the thing. I mean, Ingram is, Ig- Ig- is 30 years old, but you can't just right. look at the you can't just look at the age number itself. This guy hasn't been a full time running back for a few years. He's averaged 171 carries a season over his eight year career. He's sure. much fresher than a guy like McCoy. Yeah, remember, because he's always, A, he had the suspension this year, so he automatically missed, like, four games right there. And to your previous point, Scott, Sean Payton never, like, you know, I don't know if he, like, maybe he had a gripe against them. Maybe they had some personal issues or something. But it always seemed like whoever the other back was in New Orleans was kind of the favorite, even all the way back to, like, the Saints running Tim Hightower, you know, like, at the goal line and stuff, you know, vulturing scores from Mark Ingram. So I hear that. But Mark Ingram will certainly have a market this year and could become or will become, quite frankly, in my opinion, the lead running back for one of the other 31 teams in the NFL. Which one? I'm not sure, but we shall see. So we talked about Philly. They clearly have to build that run game, establish who their leader is as part of the quarterback, make that decision, and then maybe augment the secondary in some way as a uh, tertiary priority, shall we say. Looking back at some of these other teams, you know, let's stay in the NFC. Let's stay in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys lost their game in the playoffs. 
but a lot, there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged, Scotty, if you're a Cowboys fan, like I know our guy, the fantasy executive, is. There's a lot of things to be encouraged by. For example, that defense is real, Scott. That defense is elite. That defense is legit. That defense is young at the linebacker level. They got to make sure they uh, sign Lawrence back, right? Their new big pass rusher up on the front end. But their defense is good and ascending. Now, on the other side, what do you think is their is their biggest need? I mean, clearly they're fine at the running back position. They could get a little bit of a refresher at O-line if you want to know the truth. This offensive line, which was known as, you know, one of the best in the league, is not necessarily that anymore. It's still good, but not like top two in the league. And now we talked about it before, Scott. They have Cooper. They have Gallup. They're okay. To me... It seems like what the Cowboys need is maybe a tight end and maybe to, you know, kind of refresh that offensive line. What do you think are the biggest needs of the Cowboys in the offseason? Yeah, usually would look at what the Cowboys analysts like are saying about what their needs are. I haven't seen offensive line mentioned too much. Uh, okay. I think, I think uh, you know, maybe another lot body on the defensive line. Uh, I think tight end's a, a big need for them. They really like Blake Jarwin, but... I, I think the two best fits for for Jared Cook in the offseason as a free agent are Dallas and Seattle. I think to have a, that big target for uh, for Dak Prescott, especially in the red zone, where they had all those red zone uh, struggles this year. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL in the red zone. I could, I could see Jared Cook, uh, even though he's never been consistent, but how many tight ends really are, you know, he really right. proved that, you know, with the state of tight end, not just fantasy-wise, but real NFL-wise, Jared Cook had a good year, finally, and uh, I think it would be a really nice fit in Dallas as a free agent. That's interesting. So, you know, we're playing the guessing game, right, Scotty? And you're talking about Mark Ingram being kind of the perfect fit for Philly. It sounds like you're talking about Jared Cook as a nice fit in Dallas. You know what would be interesting about that, Scotty? You know, wasn't it Jared Cook who broke Cowboy fans' heart? A few years ago when he was with the Packers, yep. that random yep. like 35-yard catch on the end of the sideline that set up a field goal, a game-winning yep. field goal to beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. Scotty, let me just let me just press you real quick, though. This idea of the offensive line, I know you say some analysts, like, you know, they haven't mentioned that it's a top priority. But listen, some of these guys, you know, this is not the offensive line of three years ago with the Cowboys, right? And, and some of these guys got banged up a bunch this year. Uh, Tyron Smith got banged up. The center got banged up. Zach Martin got banged up. They are still good, but isn't it the kind of thing, especially for an offense like this with Zeke and needing to protect Dak, where, like, you can't let the slippage kind of happen. Don't they kind of need to do whatever they can to maintain this as a strength, especially when you have really one of the best running backs in the NFL? It is a need for them, but it hasn't been listed as their top three. Like, for instance, CBSSports.com lists defensive sure. end, defensive tackle, tight end, wide receiver, and quarterback ahead of offensive line. And then they do say center slash guard. Okay, but why, do they, why would they need a wide receiver? Like, they just went out and got Amari Cooper. I don't, I don't, agree, with, really I don't well. agree with that. I don't agree with that necessarily. I think, I think you know, with Michael Gallup stepping up, uh, you know. Okay. Maybe maybe they don't need it, but 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 it's not a thing of where necessarily filling a, a glaring need. If they did get another wide receiver there, and they could roll out Cooper, somebody else, and Gallup is the third, and then Beasley is the fourth. You know how deep is that? Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, all I'm saying is just because CBS Sports reports, it doesn't mean I got to agree with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I said so that too, yeah, 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 yeah. But I I do think they would be prudent in. You know, allowing the development of Michael Gallup to continue to happen and be one year Cole, early. Cole Beasley's a free agent. The offensive line. We'll see. On the way back, Scotty, we'll talk about the AFC losers this weekend and how we can make them better teams for 2019 so they can get a little bit further. It's Dane and Scott, FST. Come on right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
Were you scammed into signing a timeshare contract? And did you miss the part that said you have to pay for your great idea? Not only for the rest of your life, but when you're not here anymore, you get to pass this turkey onto your family for them to pay for the rest of their lives. Thanks, Dad. Don't burden your family down the road and don't be stuck with expensive timeshare payments forever. Get out of your bad idea, timeshare contract guaranteed or pay nothing. Call Resort Release today and learn for free how their timeshare exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract they've helped thousands of people and they're a plus rated with a bbb so if you feel scammed get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now guaranteed call n-o-w 800-804-7060 The morning after. The fat-ass Matt Patricia gets brought in as a head coach, and they win five football games. How is he not fired? Making him practice outside. How about you live outside, Patricia? Now, Cliff Kingsbury comes in out of central casting. Hey, look at me. I'm Cliff Kingsbury. I'm I'm doing chicks on Fox Sports 1. Good for you. Go away. Go yachting or something. The stupid people in the National Football League are the general managers, and they get a free pass. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Welcome back. I believe the beat's going to drop in a second if this is sublime. Bang! Yeah, I ain't got no crystal ball. And I've had them all. In any event, I digress. It's Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The spitting statistician and the king bringing it down to you. We talked about why the Saints, the Pats, the Rams, and the Chiefs are in the championship games. And now we're starting to talk about why some teams are not. We did our autopsy of the Philadelphia Eagles talking about the run game, the secondary. We did our autopsy on a team like the Dallas Cowboys, what they in fact need moving forward, right? They kind of need that line depth and maybe a tight end to help them. You like Jared Cook potentially. Let's look at the two other teams that lost this week, Scott. Let's first talk with the Chargers, okay? The Chargers lost this week. And here's my big question for you. If you were the GM, Scotty, and you ran the Chargers, right? When faced with, say, oh, I don't know, a second or third round pick in the draft, right? I think for the Chargers, let's say, let's call it the second and third round picks. There's two ways to go on this, Scotty. Would you rather, if you're the Chargers GM right now, with your second and third round pick, go and get A, the heir apparent to Philip Rivers, or B, another actual piece for Philip Rivers in the last two years of his career? Do they need to start succession planning, or do they need to try to give Rivers everything possible to make a run in the time he has left? Uh, I don't think it's, you know, they start looking just yet to uh, really replace Rivers. I'd say he's got another two, three good years left. So, like, the Giants are looking to replace Eli. There's rumblings look, about look how, Ben and Pittsburgh. Look how Eli, look how he, A, look how Eli has played. Uh, Roethlisberger has himself has mentioned retirement. Rivers has not given any indication that he wants to give up playing, and his playing level is still high. So you think Rivers will be the last of those three in that famous draft class that's still left standing and performing at an adequate level? It's, it's cer- Well, if Roethlisberger doesn't retire... Uh, he could he could certainly be, uh, you know that. But uh, we we've heard retirement talk from from Roethlisberger himself in recent seasons. So you know maybe it gives us uh, reason to believe with with Rivers that by he All might right. be the last one of those standing. So it sounds like if you're the GM, this is not the off season where you're looking to prioritize the heir apparent. So that being said, what are you looking for, Scott? Because honestly, this offense looks pretty good. Maybe it's offensive linemen to protect Phillip Rivers because he did get sacked or whatever a bunch of times yesterday. But, I mean, this offense is pretty good. You got in a stud back in Melvin Gordon. You have two wideout options in Allen and Mike Williams. You have Hunter Henry there at tight end. This defense, you know, you got Derwin James in the back, whoever 
everyone loves. You got Ingram and Boza as one of the best pass-rushing combos in the NFL. To me, Scott, the only thing this team needs is to get some big boys on all those lines. Build up the offensive line to support Phillip Rivers and build up the defensive line and maybe the linebacker level to be able to stop the run. Do you agree? Yeah, they had a lot of injuries at linebacker. And, you know, they could use another playmaker there. Uh, they 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 don't have one. They don't have any huge glaring needs, but they do have some holes to fill here and there in the offensive line. Uh, maybe a defensive tackle. They could use another quarterback. Uh, you know, some guys in the offensive line are getting older, etc. So I think the offensive line might be something they address because right. I don't know if there's a player there that's really an answer. Like. The Chargers can never get over the hump of the divisional round. Under Phillip Rivers, they, they've never won, they've only played in one conference championship game, and that was the year that Tom Brady was out for the year in 2007. So, you know, what kind of player can they they bring in to help them take that next step? Uh, I don't. I really don't know who it is. Yeah, it's got to be back off the line. It's got to be them bolstering the offensive line. Because as you said, they are. And remember, a lot of people all season long were calling the Chargers one of the more complete teams in the NFL. I think it's got to be the line. Scotty, you made that point about when they were in the AFC Championship game at this point over 10 years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but in that game, didn't they also have like Phillip Rivers and or LaDainian Tomlinson like playing on torn ACLs in that game? Yep. You know, so, I mean, have they really ever had their, like, true crack at it? I don't know. I thought this year was going to be that for Phillip, for the Rivers. You know this. If you listen to this show, I've been all over them. I'm going to tell you right now, though, Scotty, there's no reason for me to not be all over them again next year. Phillip Rivers, he's 5-6 and six in, the, in the playoffs in his career. Four of those wins have been wild card games. Right. He's only won a divisional round game one time. One to get time. to that AFC so, championship game. So once, Philip, yeah. Philip, Philip Rivers, it still hangs over his head. You know, you can say what you want about that one year, but he's had all of the rest of his career since, I think, 2006, all these chances to take the team deep into the playoffs, and it never happens. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer, Scott? <sighs> he's a great regular season quarterback. He's a great regular season quarterback. To me, uh... A Hall of you know, statistically, be a- he's better than Eli Manning and Roethlisberger. Statistically, in terms of like TD, I don't think ratio, I don't think Eli Manning percentage. I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer personally. That's fair. Uh, to me, whether you you vote for a Hall of Famer, you have to be the, the best of the best for a consistent level. I have to remember with, with Rivers, like Marino, that football is a team sport too, but. Yeah. I've never I've never seen him make a big a big play in a big game. I, I yeah, never no, have. I I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this with Rivers. I I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and study this great regular season stats, but playoffs have just been average. Whereas Roethlisberger, you know, he's won two Super Bowls. He played badly in one of them, but he was a big reason why they got there both times. Yeah. No, I think it's really interesting, and I agree that if we're in the kind of the, the sunsetting of Philip Rivers' career, let's say he has, I don't know, let's say he's got two really good years left, right? Let's say he's got two years left where he's a legit, you know, front-end kind of starter. It, they need, and they have all the pieces there, Scotty. They went 12-4. and four. they got to maybe address those lines, right, and get a little bit more depth, be able to stop the run, and they're, they're just as good of a choice as any next year in the AFC. So is, you know in my opinion, I, Scott. Oh, go ahead. I would know what if I was the Chargers, what I would do. I'm not looking at any team needs necessarily. I would want to play a rich type, richer get approach. Okay. And give me one other superstar on that team where it can yeah. take it to the next level, whether yeah. it's offensively or defensively, because something's missing there. Right. If that team was able to get Antonio Brown, right. that could be the kind of player that puts them over the top. But to your point, it could be the defensive side, too. Like, look at what Khalil yes. Mack did for the Bears this year, right? Imagine, imagine a true difference maker. I don't know, you know, who the ones are that are available right now, right? But imagine, you know, Scotty, how about this? Imagine Earl Thomas there. Right? With Derwin James. If you're two safeties on that team, when they got to see Kansas City twice a year, imagine if their two safeties were Derwin James and Earl MF Thomas? Wouldn't that be interesting? It would. 
It would. Uh, is that the kind of difference maker you're talking about, Scott? Yeah, because when Earl Thomas is still healthy, you, you, you see that that he's a difference maker. And imagine um, him then to, like, tutor Derwin James and understand how to develop him. I don't know if the, I don't, I don't know if the kid needs any tutoring, but to fair, Thomas fair. there instead of, instead of Adrian Phillips, I'd, I'd be all for Imagine it. that. Imagine if that defense had Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa rushing the passer and then Earl Thomas and Derwin James on the back end. Like, like exactly. you're talking about a guy like Antonio Brown or whatever, but if they made a difference maker like that, like an Earl Thomas, wouldn't that be interesting? It would because they need another different. It was the defense that really let them down yesterday. Right. And Earl Thomas could make a big difference on a defense, and he would want to go to a team like that. This is a oh, guy right. that's, that's you know, a contender. Been, been, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's been to two Super Bowls regularly in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a definite future Hall of Famer. You know that's a great call. So we'll see about that. Last, I don't. I, I think our point is you. You agree with me. I don't think they need to address a particular need to get over the hump. I think they need another difference maker to get them over the hump. I hear you, and I agree with that. The only need, if anything, to me would be, you know, just bolster the offensive line even more. You know what I mean? Like, when you have a less-than-mobile 30-some-odd-year-old quarterback who you're hanging your hat on still, you know, you could always protect him some more. You know what I mean? But I agree with you. One playmaker, one difference maker kind of dude uh, could be it. Scotty, we only got two minutes left. The last team that lost this weekend was the Indianapolis Colts. I believe they're an ascending team as well. Andrew Luck entering his prime, that offensive line, uh, an improving defense with Darius Leonard and such. What do they need? Do they need a wideout opposite T.Y. Hilton? I think it'd be very nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that might actually be their biggest need there. And okay. What about the defensive side a, of the ball? I, I think the secondary is, uh, you know, uh, probably like, could they get an Earl Thomas? He would, be, he would make hmm. a real difference there, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they're sitting kind of pretty. A lot of people, even Le'Veon Bell himself, said that he would like to go to Indy. Do you think Indy is comfortable with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and – you know, the other also rands that they have, or will they be in the running back game in this offseason? I think they like what they saw from Marlon Mack, and there's a lot of upside mm. for Naheem Hines. So I don't think Indianapolis is necessarily the ideal fit, but uh, in terms of just pure need, I think I do think they need a, a playmaking wide receiver more than they, they do. I, you know, t- another another reliable move that move the chains. Type, type of target there, I think. Let me ask you something to bring it full circle before we throw it off to the morning after with Gabe Morency, Corey Parsons, and the lovely Michelle Serpico. To bring it full circle, there's a wide receiver I talked about earlier in the show who's uh, going to be a free agent. Could the Colts, you know, could the Colts see Terrell Williams as a guy to put on the other side of T.Y. Hilton? Nah, nah. I, I think you're overrating Terrell Williams. <laughs> the, 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 guy is, the guy is boomer bust, one, two catches a week. They already have players like that. Hey, fair enough. Hey, Scotty, great to break it down with you over the last two hours. We'll Always. do it again tomorrow, right? One hour. Mike Blewett will be back here on FST tomorrow. We'll talk about, listen, probably more coaching news. And as people get organized for Championship Sunday, there'll be a lot of stuff to discuss. And we'll be here bright and early in the morning. I'll see you tomorrow, Scotty. Have a great day.